This Coin Week podcast is brought to you by PCGS. The PCGS members only show will take place from October 25th to October 28th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where PCGS will offer on site grading and host the Regency 23 auction, featuring hundreds of lots of high IPL coins. For more information, go to www.pcgs.com. Hi, everybody. This is Coin Week editor Charles Morgan, and this is the Coin Week podcast. Regular listeners to the Coin Week podcast may have been asking themselves over the course of the past two weeks, when is the next episode coming? My inbox has been flooded with emails from some of our most loyal listeners and readers asking if I was okay. Well, folks, there's no need to worry. I'm fine. And the Coin Week informational technology grid did not suffer any downtime due to the recent hurricanes. In fact, I think it's safe to say that we've been busier now than we've been at any point in the year. On the back end, we are, I would say, about halfway through our redesign and new feature process. You'll see additional cool things coming online really soon. For me, I've been working hard and long hours on our latest CoinWeek IQ video, the World Coin Grading Challenge. In Anaheim last year, I had the opportunity to sit down with my friends at PCGS to take their U.S. coin grading challenge. I felt that I did okay, but you always run the risk of really embarrassing yourself during these unscripted challenges. That video was one of our most popular videos of last year, and this year at the ANA in Denver, I wanted to up the game by not only taking the challenge in an even more difficult area of numismatics, world coins, but I also wanted to compete not just against the NGC graders, but against three other WorldCoin experts. I recruited Andy Lustig, Lance Chore, and James Ricks of Atlas Numismatics. Any one of these three, I think, could step into a grading room and hold their own. Our friends at NGC put the set together of 20 coins. It was a diverse and challenging mix, and the four of us sat down and knocked it out. As you can imagine, four guys grading 20 coins makes for quite a long video, And the process of editing all of this footage and making graphics for it to make these hours of footage make sense to the viewer took quite a bit of time. The video, which we published just last week, runs about an hour long, but I recommend that you watch it. Watch it for what it conveys about consensus grading, how even top experts will probably not consistently hit the same number for a coin, and how huge a factor personal taste plays in grading. I don't want to spoil it for you on who won or who lost, But I will say that the information and commentary that each of the graders gave, whether their scores were exactly right or a couple of points off, is revelatory. Next up for our video channel this week will be a private lot viewing that we recorded with Daniel Frank Sedwick, covering a number of fascinating treasure items from their November sale. I'll have it for you a little bit later in the week. As we enter October, Coin Week is gathering its thoughts for the second United States Mint Numismatic Forum. This year, the Mint will host industry stakeholders at Mint headquarters in Washington, D.C. What do I want to say to the Mint? A number of things, but I'll get to that later. It seems that last year, before we got started, the Mint wanted to let the air out of the balloon and tell us the things that it couldn't do. For example, coin design and commemorative programs are determined by Congress. The Mint can't just design their own programs like other Mints. 
The men also cannot alter or reform our coinage denominations or designs without congressional approval. If we get rid of the penny or put the half dollar back into circulation in a new size or composition, that won't be the Mint's decision, but Congress's. Considering Congress hasn't even approved a Mint director since Ed Moy left in 2011, don't hold your breath for Congress to pay the Mint or our nation's coinage much mind anytime soon. Fair enough. I'm not sure what most of the stakeholders who came to the first forum came with in terms of expectations. I think we're all on a fact-finding mission. What pre-forum work was done came through the offices of former ANA President Jeff Garrett, who in his remarks signaled that he hoped that the industry would have constructive things to offer the Mint, and Dr. Ellen Feingold, curator of the National Numismatic Collection, who gave a presentation about her work at that august institution. Hubert and I broke into separate working groups. My group dealt with Mint packaging. PCGS's representative wanted bulk purchasers to be able to buy coins without all the extraneous Mint packaging that companies like PCGS spend thousands of hours breaking apart to remove those coins for reholder. Makes sense to me. Hubert's group focused on classic design on U.S. coins. Hubert acknowledges the fan service motivation on the part of the Mint, but believes that it has become a crutch, and in some respects reveals the truth behind the fact that the Mint can't really give the diehard collectors what they want. A harder question, though, is what is it that they really want? Going into the second forum, management has changed at the Mint. Gone is Rhett Jepson, Principal Deputy Director, replaced by the U.S. Mint's former Chief Financial Officer, David Model. Jepson had the benefit of the Mint's major 225th anniversary and the American Silver Eagle's 30th. Model will need his team to create its own buzz to top what's been so far a pretty interesting 2017. I don't know that I've ever met Mr. Model, and I do not know where he sees the Mint's numismatic program going forward. I'm hoping that we get to hear his vision when we meet up with his team in a few weeks. So what are my recommendations? You know, I talk to many industry insiders essentially having a never-ending, ongoing conversation, like a game of correspondence chess that takes years to play and seemingly never concludes. Typically, I can rebut almost any idea I hear. We need more mainstream press coverage? Well, you get a ton of that already. We need new circulating coin programs to get everyday people to collect coins out of change? Well, we've had one of those since 1999, and people seem bored with it. We need more publications, less publications, more websites, less websites, more coins, less coins. It goes on and on. Fundamentally, I think the answer lies not within where our own interests and self-interest lie, but within the central truth behind the very nature of the coin hobby. Coins are interesting. Make interesting coins, write interesting articles about coins, sell interesting coins, make coin releases interesting. That's what works. Boring and stale isn't good enough in a diffuse media landscape, and boring and stale coins certainly aren't good enough in a competitive numismatic marketplace. CIT coins may not be your cup of tea, but a skull coin made out of antique silver certainly is more novel than a Boys Town silver dollar. And who the hell was clamming for a Boys Town silver dollar anyway? The truth of the matter is that the Mint needs to agitate for its own survival and convince the Treasury to support and politicians to advocate for a new coinage act that will either make the U.S. Mint a public corporation like virtually every other successful mint in the industry, or give it complete control over its numismatic products so that it can create interesting coins that are market-tested and viable. And the mint should do more, much more, to involve not only the coin industry on the dealer side, the major clubs on the hobby side, 
and the major publications on the media side and what's going on. In the old days, there wasn't a major event that took place where the U.S. Mint didn't involve the coin hobby, from Farron Zerba to Margot Russell. I bet you didn't know that former ANA President Anthony Swiatek struck one of the first American Silver Eagles. I didn't either until he told me. And I bet there were no numismatic luminaries present earlier this month when the first American Palladium Eagles were struck either. Now new coins are made out of view. No budget is expended on traveling to coin launches or striking ceremonies, and the primary relationship the men has with anybody in our field is from across the retail counter or over the business end of an email press release. So these are some of the ideas I plan to bring to Washington, D.C. Hopefully, after the end of this second forum, the men will have a better grasp on what it needs to do to be competitive. Suffice it to say, we'll try to do our part. Can I get an amen to that? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can download all 70-plus episodes of the Coin Week podcast for free from the iTunes Store. Please share with your friends if they are coin collectors or introduce your friends to the wonderful hobby of coin collecting. For Coin Week, I'm Editor Charles Morgan. Until next time, happy collecting.